0: Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One day,
1: People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like
2: the rules of feminism.
1: That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics and trash from a feminist perspective. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn.
3: And I'm Katie Winton. And Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land, and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people as the original custodians of the land that we're broadcasting on, and pay my respects to elders past and present. And I also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a really important place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for a lot of different communities, and we'd like to honour
1: that history. Coming up on the show today, in about 30 minutes we'll be talking to Nassim Nasser, an Iranian-Australian contemporary artist working with themes of cross-cultural representation and reception. She's delivering a runway show at the Museum of Applied Arts and Sciences next week, featuring video, sound and contemporary dance to probe the situatedness of dressing the female form. So really excited to be talking to Nassim a little bit later. So stick around for that at about 11.30.
3: Yeah, I can't wait to chat to her about the runway show. I've seen kind of her multiple channel video works and photographic works. So that'll be really interesting to see how her practice kind of translates to uh, a runway show. And I wonder if she has any thoughts on the Donna Haraway inspired Uh, Gucci runway show that has really informed our 2018 uh, vibes (laughs) who
1: can say also coming up on the thoughts that count we'll be losing our V plates with a very (laughs) special guest and friend of agenda Nadia Hernandez last week we talked about female pain and how it is kind of treated and understood within the history of medicine and within medicine today Um, and one of the things that came up was um, our producer kind of talked about the idea of pain and virginity and how it's one of those things that's almost a given, but we don't really talk about it or break it down. It's just like, oh, it's very painful, but it's part of that experience. So it's obviously a little bit of a sprawling subject and a bit too much to mention in person last week. Uh, So coming up after this, we'll be discussing the rhetoric around virginity and its kind of patriarchal origins and misconceptions about the hymens. Hymens, (laughs)
3: Multiple hymens Multiple
1: hymens (laughs) And why we still continue to use this term And these kind of terms around virginity So Nadia's gone and asked a few people What they think about it this week And we'll be chatting with her About that right after In about five or ten minutes
3: Yeah, we also want to hear your thoughts So what are the most ridiculous things That you were told about virginity? Text us on 0409 945 945 I actually can't remember being told anything too wild But Izzy, you went to a Catholic school So you must have some good ones
1: I think um you know I was probably told a lot of really like problematic stuff <coughs> in sex ed, but I just wasn't listening. They and they made it so boring that I don't think I just fully tuned out. So everything that I've learned about sex has been like spoon fed to me by like the one person in the class that had had sex, and no, and everyone else was just like listening to her like she was. Uh, <laughs> the, um, Uh, The oracle. The oracle, yeah. And and I still sometimes think back to some of her advice and it's really wrong. So (laughs) um, thanks a lot. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think we're just really obsessed in kind of religious circles we are. But also, just teenagers are obsessed with these kind of definitions. And, like, this is second base, and you do this up to three dates, and then you go to third base, and then that's a thing. And then, but you can go to fifth base, and then you can still retain your sacred hymen. But, you know, it's all very, like, confusing and regulated. And, yeah.
3: But even that, like, hierarchies of, I think, yeah, one of the things that's been interesting for me to think about this week, and we'll talk about it more later, but is that hierarchy of Mm. sexual experience that's kind of defined by like this notion of having something to lose and then kind of Mm. progressing past different bases. It's like really quite a problematic thing to think about, I think. And quite a heteronormative thing to think about too in terms of like definitions of virginity around
1: Yeah, so there are such strict rules. And then you talk to like queer girls in high school and they're like, you'll just know when you lose your virginity. And I was like, what? I'm a teenager. <laughs> I can't I deal in- with these kind of ambiguities. I need like hard and fast rules so I know and I can tell people. <laughs> so <American>. many, so <laughs> many sex puns. Sorry. Okay, um. so get ready right, okay, for another 15 minutes of like sex puns. <laughs>
3: I, I don't know. Like I grew up in a pretty small town as well with a, like quite a big Protestant Christian populations and there were definitely some very nebulous interpretations of like biblical virginity and mm. teenagers were just doing stuff that Jesus like wasn't so happy with and feeling awful and really ashamed for it and as a result yeah. like not talking about about it either and just kind of hoping that everything would be fine. And if there's one thing I've learned about sex, it's that like communication is really important. And I think that like shamefulness around notions of virginity with like a lot of kids that I grew up with mm. was really impacting on them kind of relating to other people in the world and quite irresponsibly as well. And I don't know, when we started talking about virginity, I really didn't think there'd be much depth to go into, but I've learned so much this week, <laughs> and I'm sure Nadia will elaborate on all our hymen mythbusters. <laughs> um We have questions. We're very excited about that.
1: Um, Yeah, it's been a fun week, I think. Partly learning about virginity, learning more (laughs) about my hymen. Um, But also because this really funny thing happened on Twitter. Um, So people have been taking to Twitter to describe themselves as a male author might Um, and it has been so funny so this came about because of a hashtag um, own voices so it was created by Corinne Duvis um, to highlight books that are written by authors that share a marginalised identity with the protagonist so a deaf protagonist written by a deaf author is hashtag own voices so it's like a really helpful term and it's you know it's a good thing
3: Yeah, and a great part of this movement uh, that was pointed out by author, another author called Gwen C. Katz, was that a male author she had come across was kind of weighing in on the uh, discussion by insisting that he's living proof that it's possible for a male author to write an authentic female protagonist. So (laughs) Gwen C. Katz posted this quote from one of, actually one of the first page of this author's books, which read, so this is like, this is a male author writing in the voice of a female protagonist. So he writes, I sauntered over certain he noticed me I'm hard to miss I'd like to think a little tall but not too tall a nice set of curves if I do say so myself <laughs> pants so impossibly tight that if I had a credit card in my back pocket you could read the expiration date oh my god just <laughs> wait, wait 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 <laughs> the rest of my outfit wasn't that remarkable just a few old things I had lying around you know how it is
1: <laughs> with my boobs so my booby boobs.
3: You know so, how it just a few old things I had lying around, uh, and my impossibly
1: just, tight pants that you can read the credit card. What number do these people think? Like your it's internal so narrative good. is just like <laughs> your relationship to your curvy calves. and that you've just popped your credit card in your back pocket. and You're like wanting people it to read that. It's so funny. Me. This is like yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> after this tweet, podcaster Whitney Reynolds um, set up a new internet challenge asking people to describe themselves. Like a male author would, so um, the the kind of fallout has been really, really funny. I feel like girls would be like, she drove a Ute. Maybe she needs <laughs> me to help her with it. <laughs> she also had boobs. <laughs> Should we read out a few? I think so. The, oh, so my, um, one of my favourite ones is by Talia Levine. <laughs> this is her describing herself from a point from uh, as a male writer might. I had big honking teeters. Just enormous bosoms, and I thought about them constantly as I walked down the street, using my legs thick with big shapely calves, but never not thinking about my enormo honkers.
3: <laughs> I love the term enormo honkers. I know. <laughs> it's so good. Another one uh, from a woman of color's perspective: her radiant brown skin absorbed the sun's rays. Only this piece of chocolate did not melt. She laughed joyously, her bountiful cha-cha bingos <laughs> <laughs> bouncing beautifully atop her chest. A laugh her enslaved ancestors would have been pleased to hear. Boobily tittied her way down the street. <laughs> Sorry. Boobily tittied her way down the street is like... Yeah, I really want to use my that th- Yeah, more, yeah, one of my all-time favourites.
1: She was what? not what you call beautiful. Eyes a bit too big. Mouth a bit too lush. Just a few too many boobs. Her hair was dark because she was smart. <laughs> That was from Cow-Eyed Sarah.
3: This is another really good one. She smiled, but I could see the sadness in her exotic almond-shaped eyes. (laughs) Her scarf was made of light cotton, but the weight of oppression that came with it kept her head bound in submission. I dreamed about ripping it off, letting her dark hair tumble free over her booby breasts.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel like that's that's a big theme. You've always got to look out for those women to save from their own oppression. It's
3: important work. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and we've been recounting funny things that happened on the internet this week. (laughs) And coming up right after this track, we're going to be chatting to Nadia Hernandez about the origins and myths around virginities or some of the things that she's learnt this week,
1: and I feel like we're on a constant learning process about sex. It's coming a little bit later in life for both of us, I think. But at least we're learning <laughs> hey, these lessons. Speak for yourself. Public, no. But I feel like every time someone comes on with like a like a kind of vague interest in like sexual health, we're like, hello, please explain the very <laughs> basics to us in plain English. We need to learn. Well, let us know if you've been either told some very incorrect facts, or I feel like what you've been told is probably close to the truth, but not quite accurate so let us know or if it's just really funny 0409 945 945
3: yeah please text us with the ridiculous uh things that you were told by anyone really when you were a a, a young person or maybe that you've been told recently Mm. 0409 945 945 this is sydney based singer milan ring with her new single 2063 which she describes as essentially a love song about focusing on the important things and not getting caught up in negative chatter which is a nice uh way to start the saturday you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We stay live we got direct-to-channel
2: wireless, semi and connection, five G. 17 2063 Psychic across these airplane mode messages still download If you're most than I encode some but you already know Not the 5 a.m. late nights Not the other chick is Not the stay-at-home daylights. Not the love, the riches That we both have not made yet yeah. Not all the mess, which is always on my side Of the no
4: Just a thought, just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. Thoughts that count. Agenda on FBI Radio.
1: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Now it's time for Thoughts That Count, where we ask you what you think about a particular topic or issue. And this week, we're asking you what you think about the concept of virginity, why we still talk about it why it's still a rite of passage and most importantly what are some of the most ridiculous myths that you've been told about virginity and your hymen
3: Text us, 0409 945 945. We spoke to four incredible artists this week about their thoughts on virginity. So queer lady magician, creatrix Tiara, performance artists Georgia Cranko and Emma McManus. And we're also really excited to be joined by the fourth artist and also friend of Agenda, Nadia Hernandez, today for Thoughts That Count. So Nadia, you've been doing a lot of research into the origins and myths around virginity. What are the, some of the things that you've come across?
5: Oh my God, so many things. <laughs> um, well, first, let's call it for what it is, a social construct. Virginity, aka popping the cherry, losing your skittle, the Pringles losing (laughs) your skittle. (laughs) I've heard losing your skittle but like Never uh, the Pringles effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a term uh, that historically was used to describe only women. Women who were unmarried, literally free, as in not legally owned by their husbands. Ooh. Yes. Still more aligned with a woman's independence as opposed to her sexual chastity, Uh, the word virgin itself derives from the Latin root meaning strength, force, and skill Which is, you know, interesting, kind of nice. But over time, the meaning was distorted into sexually pure and never touched like a virgin cocktail a virgin mary
1: or like yeah an olive i don't know i never really understood virgin, virgin olives
5: but or mocktail oh yeah, virgin co- oh, yeah. alternative word <laughs> <laughs> uh defining women by their virginity you know through the decades across cultures and religions has always been used as a tool to control and exert power over a woman's sexuality making virginity synonymous with value and self-worth uh, making those uh, facing cultural and social consequences when lost in the wrong way uh, at the same time, it upholds heteronormative ideas of sex, it is sexist, and also includes the experiences of all people who don't fit inside of that. A tool of the patriarchy, a commodity that keeps the status quo in check. I came across so many interesting things while researching, such as uh, there's a model that sold her virginity for $3.9 million last year. And uh, yeah, she bought a house, she went traveling, she's now studying at her choice university. You can also restore your virginity by buying an artificial hymen kit on the internet. With oh so completely with on fake the internet. blood and everything wow
1: wait 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 what so you can put a hymen inside yourself well it's then- this
5: idea of like you know of a hymen being something that is broken or something yeah. that you know is meant to bleed but yeah it's interesting how that's become a commodity and you can purchase this elusive kit online
1: mm. i'm more into the kit that you can impregnate yourself with an alien egg there's like new what? dildos that you can get that, i feel like, like
5: that's more of a
3: sexual fantasy than a kit right
1: but so if like if your virginity is a s- social construct then like a hymen kit is also just a kind of social it's a yeah kink, exactly right? it's like oh well, not a kink but it's a fetish
3: but not really like i don't know is it for like for a for a woman is it a fetish or is it more of a pressure on like to feel like you need to be a virgin so that you like get that. I don't know what's the purpose of a hymen kit.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting cuz I feel like the first thing we need to do is talk about what a hymen is. Mm. But um particularly because we I don't really know what a hymen is. <laughs> yeah, so the hymen is actually a membrane that surrounds or partially covers the external vaginal opening. It is elastic and more similar to a scrunchie or a donut rather than <laughs> a piece of glad wrap waiting to be broken. So Unfortunately, confetti will not fall and candy will not burst out. (laughs) Uh, Also, not all women have a hymen. And no, not all hymens are the same. In fact, they vary in shape, size and thickness. And their complex anatomy kind of makes virginity tests redundant uh, as they don't necessarily have to break at all. So it kind of makes the hymen kit totally irrelevant, which is interesting. So
3: it's kind of reproducing this myth that something is broken and that kind of produces blood and that happens yeah when in fact that's like not a rite true. of passage yeah so interesting we um we heard from emma mcmanus about concepts of the husband stitch. uh so she kind of talked about um this notion of like restoring your virginity after people have given birth um so emma's a theater maker director and musician and a founding member of uh, performance collective Apple Spill. and uh here's what she had to say about
5: it it's I guess this kind of um thing in terms of looking at surgery and people modifying their bodies in terms of people wanting to go back to an idea of virginity or like and something that's very centralised around male pleasure. like I can't remember where I got this from, but this thing that after giving birth, doctors used to do what they would call a husband stitch, which was to stitch up women like to a point that was not comfortable, so it could be pleasurable a man like and people getting surgery to kind of try and go back to virginity or be like more sexually pleasurable for a man but uncomfortable or painful for the woman it's sort of quite a disturbing thing
1: (laughs) yeah the husband stitch is so sketch and I think what the weird thing about it is that it's not for the woman people would like a doctor and a husband would have a conversation about whether a woman's would be sewn up to that level. And people still do it. It's not like it's completely archaic. Like it's still done. But I think now the woman is a little bit more involved in that conversation. But the idea that like you would give birth and then your husband and your doctor would go out into another room and decide whether your body would be augmented or whatever. It would be altered for it's so gross. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um but you're listening to gender on FBI radio. <laughs> <laughs>
3: This is uh Annie Base and Christopher Port with thrown away and we'll be talking more about concepts around virginity and also a movie that Nadia watched last night <laughs> talking about virginity.
1: Yes. Uh, Can we say cock on and-
3: I mean well you just did <laughs> you
1: just- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of been it's kind of been um promoted as blockers for right? Yeah, exactly. With My- an image of a rooster. Yeah. AKA, a Even cop? though it's about like female sexuality and yeah. coming of age, they were like we don't have the kind of language right now to um <laughs> discuss discuss more Loving soon. But if you have a better web that was broken,
6: left it wide open.
5: to Agenda on FBI Radio. I'm Nadia Hernandez and we're discussing concepts of virginity. So throughout history there have been cultures that forbid sexual activity outside of marriage. Some of these have considered an intact hymen, proof of purity, resulting in virginity testing. We actually got some text in um,
1: through that song that relates that back to the use and utility of the hymen kit.
3: Yeah, which we were discussing before. We weren't really sure whether people were purchasing, like what the context was that people kind of purchased these hymen kits in where you could kind of, I guess, re form your or like pretend like you'd reformed your virginity um and we got a text in about that that says the hymen kit is also a great tool for women who are put through degrading marriage ceremonies that see them having to do with the virginity test such a fucking sad and dumb thing but great that there's something to keep these women safe who are put through that when they're punished if they fail which was a really Mm. um, important perspective that we hadn't really considered so thank you anonymous texter for sending that through Did we get another text? Oh yeah, we got one more text, sorry. Uh, It says, just like every stupid guy ever telling me the pull-out method works, totally unaware that I could also get STDs, just wear a condom. (laughs) Love
1: the show, (laughs) Carly. Thanks, Carly, for that one. That's another place where we kind of get a lot of misinformation, I think, for like about sex and sexuality and things like that. It's just from like other boys who don't know what they're talking about.
3: Oh, absolutely. Just from like people who are kind of... Um, under a lot of pressure from whatever social constructs are around yeah. that there's no communication about it.
1: Absolutely, and it's not as if it's only... Um, it's like all genders that feel pressure of virginity in, totally. different, in different ways as well, so
3: it's complicated. So you watched a film to do with virginity last night that was kind of flipping that narrative that yeah, we were referencing yeah.
5: before. Um, so last night I saw the movie uh, Blockers, It's like a really refreshing take on the prom night tale. The director is a woman and it celebrates young women's sexual curiosity. Uh, But the title is a little bit of a bummer. You know, we still lack the language and definitions to communicate like not just women's desires but just broader sexual desires and mm. the importance of those and you said people walked out of the
1: um the film and I'm like not surprised because when I saw the trailer I was like oh no this is so not sex positive and it's just about these parents desperately trying to preserve their like sacred virginity of their daughters because then they would be tarnished or something like that that's kind of how it was made out to be yes. like the whole the whole from the, trailer, from the trailer it seemed like they were like the whole impetus and complication was that they had to preserve the virginity of their daughters and it's like yeah what was can we go back a little bit what was the actual like narrative
5: it was actually the opposite of that so it was three friends that um that made a pact about losing their virginity on prom night and um, the parents wanted to protect their daughters uh, for fear of them getting hurt but it actually turned into a really beautiful like tale of, uh, of sexual exploration and coming out and um, yeah I thought it was really sex positive. So. Yeah. And three young women kind of like viewing that concept of virginity as
3: something that they were really excited to lose and like talking about it together and kind of experiencing that as a positive thing.
5: Yeah exactly. Uh,
3: would you recommend watching it? <laughs>
5: Yeah, oh, I mean has John Cena, in it. like, why would <laughs> yeah. you oh, not want to watch it? it? you know, yeah, if you're if you're at home and and you're bored and and you've got <laughs> Netflix and you don't, you know, you've seen. You've watched oh, the all of movie- Wild Wild yeah. Country. You've seen all of Wild Wild Country and like The Shape of Water and like all those beautiful <laughs> movies that are really out right now. Oh, uh, yeah, watch it.
3: <laughs> um, we were also kind of wanting to talk about like the concept of multiple virginities, Nadia, because you were touching on that this week too.
5: Yeah, so I think the concept of multiple virginities is quite cool as a way to diffuse from the importance of just having one and give room to celebrating the many first times we share uh, in order to include broader definitions of sex for ones and just place importance on any meaningful activity between consenting individuals. I think that's quite beautiful.
3: Yeah, Creatrix Tiara kind of spoke to us about this as well this week and she touched on the notion of multiple virginities. Um, She's a queer lady magician, writer, performer and creative producer. So here's uh, what she had to say about it.
7: Well, for one thing, is virginity really like a state of mind? Like is it purely a matter of a physical activity or a specific physical activity that's like losing your virginity or is it any sort of sexual activity even if it's say dirty words or first thinking and talking about sex does that count as losing your virginity if you're thinking of virginity as from innocence to adulthood you know if it took it away from the physical aspect at one point does that change or break? and you know we talk about virginity often in terms of cis bodies especially women's bodies or with men it's almost like it's like oh yeah the boy becomes a man or there's probably some sort of discourse around gay men and virginity which i don't really know um but like if your connection to your body is a bit more tenuous because you are trans or because you're disabled or otherwise have like a less normative relationship to your body does that change then what you consider as losing your virginity air, in air quotes can you do it multiple times it's each new experience then a different sort of virginity losing like is virginity just something that comes and goes a status what is virginity
5: We also heard from Georgia Krenko this week on her thoughts. She's a Sydney-based poet, writer, and educator. She had this to say for ideas surrounding virginity. We have such a limited language to talk about sexual exploration, and the concept of virginity is so tied to age. We get told as kids that this massive thing will change your view of the world. And that's why people are fucked. <laughs> also, I'm thinking about how this elusive idea has made us think about intimacy as a hierarchy, giving us such narrow ways of relating and caring for each other and all these things. It's making me realize how outdated the term is. Also, the term deflowering? Have you read the book The Purity Myth? Such
3: great... Yes, yeah, so it really... When Georgia said that, it really made me think about like what we were talking about before in terms of sexual you know, exploration as a form of hierarchies and, like, what that does to people when it puts so much pressure on losing this mm. thing and it also kind of, I guess, like, dismisses every other form of exploring sexuality. Exactly. Unless you've kind of reached this, like, you know, golden... Apex of yeah. sexuality yeah. in
1: really I I damaging. Think, yeah, I think the idea of virginity is so kind of, like, tethered to cis bodies mm. and that experience and it's so steeped in, like, patriarchal ideas of like your worth basically and so I think as people kind of talk about all these different ways of multiple virginities. It kinda seems like we should just get rid of it altogether. Like it's almost like we're trying to map this very outdated idea onto these all these different experiences. And now it's like, why do we keep trying to do that? Mm. We should be just talking about like being very, very kind to each other. Yeah. And (laughs) communicating. Yeah. It's
3: an interesting thing because yeah, for what I was talking about before is that it's something that has always just been a part of my rhetoric as well. You know, like if someone asks me when I lost my virginity, I don't even blink. I just kind of like talk about that Mm. first sexual encounter which I'm like starting to realise it's really problematic
1: yeah, and like not sensual or anything and then you can have these experiences that are like technically not sexual but are very like sensual and like hugely important for the way you think about your sexuality or experience yeah. sexuality. I think sexuality. everyone's probably
3: also continually learning new experiences and new things that they are, you know, interested in. Or, or some people are maybe not even having penetrative sex as a form of, you know, something that we need to identify as losing your virginity. Like, what about people who might never be interested in having what we define as penetrative sex and how do we redefine terms of intimacy in terms of what we, like, include in sexuality. Mm. Um, We also just got another text in that says, Hello, I'm a bachelor of midwifery holder. I wonder how real a hymen even is. Like, has anyone ever seen one? (laughs) How much much research has gone into that? Could could this just be the first time intercourse causes vaginal tears and bleeding? The patriarchy has ensured we know nothing about the female reproductive system. We don't even know if women don't have a skinny's gland where female ejaculation may originate. That was also an anonymous text, but thank you for sending that in. I agree. I don't know a lot about Super the film anatomy. anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> but it
1: turns out nobody does. <laughs> um, so stick around because after this segment, we'll be chatting with artist Nassim Nassa about Women in Shadow, a runway show at the Powerhouse Museum incorporating video, sound and contemporary dance. Uh, this single is China with Doe. <laughs>
8: And I know, play what you know, say it and so Yo, but she wanna get chose, play with the gold, saying it so Came to the game with the coat, painting the dope, kicking the dope Thought you was whipping the dope, Think it, you is not love No wonder she ready to go, say you don't go, but you slow You do what I want when you don't, I ain't breaking the code Speaking in tongues, doing the most You teaching you something. But What do I know? I step on the flow, been broke, got low, bitch, I start to get dough. Step on the flow, been broke, got low, bitch, I start to get dough. But, this was still put on the show, and I still pull out on house Step on the flow, been broke, got low, bitch, I deserve to get dough. Step on the flow, been broke, got low, bitch, I deserve to get dough. Yeah. Here, this is still put on the show, here, yeah. and I still pull out on house
1: yeah. Here.
8: Chizzy, uh? Turn your bitch into a ride or die. You don't even wanna get involved. You don't even wanna see me high. Niggas really wanna piss me off. Bitches really like to talk a lot. Till I put one in their ass. Sippin' on in my Texas Still Glass. Yeah, 5'10, supermodel, Cinefo, still a whole bitch. Got fiends that spin, got bros who don't snitch. But did you think never was running the risk? What did you dream? Falling all over my kids. Yeah, Falling all over and shit. Cop in the fifth. And I'm playing with shit. Don't act like you know what I mean. Don't let like my chain and I'm on my ring. Don't act like you can't. Cause trees my thing. Kill you with your guillotine. Work like you love it to me. Stiffer with pills in the lane. Yeah, Step on the flow. Been, been broke. Got low. Bitch, I deserve to get dough. Step on the flow. Been broke. Got low. Bitch, I deserve to get dough. But, pistols still put on the show. And I still pull out on hoes. Step on the flow. Been broke. Got low. Bitch, I deserve to get dough. Step on the flow. Been broke. Got low. Bitch, I deserve to get dough. Yeah. This is the put on the show. Yeah. And I still pull out on hoes.
3: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're joined by Nasim Nasir now to talk about uh, a runway show happening on Monday. And we've actually been also talking about uh, some myths to do with uh, the concept of virginity this morning on Thoughts That Count with Nadia Hernandez. And um, Nasim, you were just kind of talking before about how this concept of virginity actually relates to your runway show. Do you mind like talking a little bit about that? Um, it
9: just fascinating for me to hear all about this topic and thinking, oh wow, so I've got on this stage in a catwalk form when I have like groups of uh, veiled figures coming on the catwalk and they go through a process of um, beautifully spinning and then um, unveiling and then of course it just kind of reminds you of like how you actually, it almost looks like you're losing your virginity but also you're gaining freedom at the same time but yeah um, but you are comfortable with it and that sometimes you're not comfortable with that and the kind of all those meanings kind of connects with that your topic and and while you were talking I was just looking at my performance in my head and visualize it that actually really relates so what does the performance kind of because you're also a, like a video and photographic artist yes.
3: um, what will the performance will there have be like installation kind of parts of it or uh, what does it what does it look like
9: um, well uh, let me not just really go to details because okay. I would love this <laughs> to be a uh, quite a surprise uh, but uh, in in general this performance would represent a very um, professional set up a catwalk stage uh, a runway um, when on the stage all you see is nothing to buy or nothing to be attracted to purchase but just see the artwork and conceptual artworks and the whole thing would break to contemporary dance at, at some part and then we'll have a particular lighting um, setup uh, which would create a sense of installation artwork at some part of this performance so you kind of explore that when you arrive you totally expect a fashion parade and then suddenly your expectations disappear and then it's something else you will see you see installation art you see a statue looking moments and you also see a lot of um, dance contemporary dance movements
1: I think there is so much expectation for maybe Australian audiences when we look at something like an object like a shadow or a hijab or something like that. We were talking a little bit earlier in the show about writing from your own voice and what it it sounds like and what it reads like when people write your experiences without understanding it. And so for a lot of um, Muslim women, they were talking about how their veil is only ever seen as a symbol of a, their own oppression. And so I was wondering if you could talk about the kind of paradox of the shadow and how it is like a symbol of enticement.
9: Um, of course, um, I, I, I cannot be very specific about it. It's really like um, I love everybody to read it in their own way and I always open up questions um, for my audience rather than I answer them. However, I can just put some points of views here that um, The veil does create a shadow uh, for uh, any woman who who wears one and the whole hijab. And, of course, when it's um, not by choice, it's quite um, that kind of oppressed or suppressed, um, objectifying um, connotations start to appear. Um, But talking about those veiled women or hijab, that is definitely by their choice. They're totally different from what I represent is mostly looking at the female and identity and how much this would cover one woman's beauty and how also when you are unveiled on a catwalker stage you still actify to the way um the audience would look at you and you still again an object uh for your audience so um it's like a duality but it's like full circle that you experience shadow and i think the shadow with this performance is basically your audience that's how they're looking at you and how they're judging you
1: and do you think that the audience would be aware of their own gaze about their Um, own objectification
9: i think it uh visually and because there's very strong visual and dramatic elements in it and that would to pump the question in audience and and to go to their own perspective rather than me projecting to what i want to say Mm i I normally throw questions with the visual uh, elements of my artwork and that's basically what i think from my own experience um I grew up in a country that I had to wear uh, similar things and I felt like it was very unwanted and I did not feel comfortable with that. So of course, the the part of this performance, you totally look at this and it will be projected to you as uncomfortable uh, feel and then there will be moments when my models are totally comfortable with that. So it's kind of, again, how you want to look at them, how you want to connect with them. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're talking to Nassim Nasir about Women in
3: Shadow, which is happening next week, which is kind of a runway show with a twist. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a track now from Mezco. It's called Come and Go. We'll be chatting more about Women in Shadow right after this.
1: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio and we've been talking to Nassim Nasser about her upcoming show Women in Shadows that's happening on Monday and she's very kindly um, offered two lucky listeners tickets to the show. So text us 0409 945 945. Now, Nelson, this isn't the only thing that you've got
9: coming up. You've actually got heaps going on in May. So you're part of a group show? Uh, yes, May. Uh, after Monday night, which is only one night performance, and, of course, that's the biggest uh, piece of performance I've ever created. It sounds massive. Uh, it is very big. It's been five months of work. So the next one is 2nd of May, an art uh, in a photographic art exhibition uh, which with my new series of photographic images curated by Simon, Chan um included in myself William Yang Michael Cook um Black Douglas um it's called diversity so that will happen in Art Atrium um two s- two spaces one in Edgecliff uh, and the other one in Surrey Hill so um and for those who would like to see some of my photographic images especially the very recent work that's the one upcoming and then uh, I've been nominated as a finalist uh, for Blake Art Prize uh, coming up toward end of the May at Kisula pa- uh, Powerhouse.
1: Congratulations! So many Thank things you. happening. Uh-huh.
9: Yes, of course, second half of the year also packed. But this is very upcoming, <laughs> so it's good to talk about the closest one. You <laughs> <laughs> Can talk
3: about your resume. No, it's exciting. It's super Thank exciting. You. There's so many things. Um, Sorry, on Monday, uh, for Women in Shadows, Shadows, uh, where is it happening and how can people kind of buy tickets to it?
9: Uh, of course, there's a website um, directly through Powerhouse Museum, M-A-A-S, um, Museum of Applied Art and Sciences. And so you can directly go and buy tickets. Um, and also there's a, a phone number on the Sky, um, Chairman's Centre for Contemporary Ideas, um, that you can also directly go and contact them for tickets. So the performance would happen on Monday at Terbion Hall, uh, minus two, level minus two at Powerhouse Museum. And we have, we're expecting the guests to arrive 7.15 for the sharp start at 7.30. And how much are tickets it's $40, but as we just said, uh, I'm happy to pass two complimentary tickets to your um, listeners.
3: Yeah, so if you missed that before, we've got two tickets to give away to Women in Shadow happening on Monday at um, Museum of Applied Arts and Sciences. So please text us if you would like to nab those two tickets to Nassim's uh, show on Monday. 0409 945 945 is the number to text. Just make sure you include your name. Uh, you've been listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Uh, Nassim, thank you so much. For coming in to talk to us, thank you very much for having me. Thank you, and yeah, and huge congratulations for Monday. Uh, We're going to leave you now with this new track from Cardi B's album that has just dropped. Uh, It's called "Invasion of Privacy," and she's collaborated with Scissor on this track called "I Do." Language warning on this one.
0: I left the nigga on red Cause I felt like it Just me down in the rest In a long jacket dapper, dapper, I look fine And my tricks to find. No wonder, wonder why I do Whatever I like I do What I like, I do, I do I do What I like, I do, I do I do, I do What I like, I do, I do
10: I do What I like, I do, I do, like I, do, I, do. I think it's bad it's a gift from God. from God I think you broke hoes, need a, to get a, get a job Now I'm a boss, I run my own name on the checks God. Pussy so good I said my own name during sex I might smack a bitch cause I felt like it Gucci shoes and a belt like it Said the Cardi is his favorite fragrance, I'm a rich bitch and I smell like it I'm in a boss bitch move, ayy These heels are JaVinci hoes, these are some boss bitch shoes if You ain't no boss bitch move, ayy for the record, I said record, record sales huh? I like niggas, that been in it, not in jail huh? They say by now that I'll be finished, hard to tell, I can tell. My little 15 minutes lasting long as hell huh? I left that nigga on red cause I felt like
0: it Just me down in that in a long jacket Dapper, dapper, I look fine and my tricks to fight No wonder, wonder why I do whatever I like, I do, I do. Like I do, I do, I do What the like I do, I do I do, I do What the like
10: I do, I do I do What the like I do I Brocos do what they can't can't Good girls do what they told So Bad bitches do what they want they want That's what bitch so cold I'm a gangster in a dress I'm a bully in the bed only time that I'm a ladies when I ladies host to rest The group is ruthless, but I get top in it I'm provocative, it's my prerogative 80K just to know what time is it Cardi rockin' it, go by stockin' it Spend what I want, ain't no limit I say what I want, I ain't never been timid Only real shit comes out my mouth And, and only real niggas go win it Leave his text on red, red. Leave his balls on blue, blue. Put it on airplay mode, mode So none of those calls come through oh. Here's a word to my ladies Don't you give these niggas none, give none. If they can make you rich sir, they can make you come. <damaged women> I left the nigga on red
0: Cause I felt like it Ripped me down in the rest In a jacket Dapper, dapper, I look fine And my checks define rewel- No wonder, wonder why I do Whatever I like, I do What I like, I do, I do I do What I like, I do, I do I do, I do What I like, I do, I do I do, I do. What I like, I do, I do.
1: The music on today's show has been curated by Music New South Wales to showcase women in electronic music.
6: People were saying a lot of curse words on English television, much more so than in the States. I mean, you couldn't say prick or dick or bollocks. Tits, I don't think you could say tits. This next one has some strong language.
4: (laughs) Teniendo de cerca se me daña la cabeza. Me acerco, todo me tiembla. Ahora tengo la certeza Que no se me han quitado las ganas Despecto contigo en las mañanas Pero voy buscando tu mirada Y tus ojos, baby, no me dicen nada Hola, me recuerdas, era yo a la que. Tam- Ahora pareces otro Dime por qué has cambiado tanto ¿No ves que estás engañada? en otro planeta que tus amigas no se metan tal vez así lo podamos hacer